All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast episode by Sestech. My name is Anil, and I lead the pre-sales team here at Sestech. So today's guest with me here is the sales manager of our UK and Ireland markets, Glenn. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Anil. Great to be with you here today. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Battling the English weather as always, but yeah, doing really well. Thank you. Okay. Well, I'm doing better than you in terms of weather, but that's okay. So, Glenn, today we are here to talk about the challenges of companies and the brands and their contact centers, you know, after the pandemic, because what we've seen is the customer trends and the behaviors are changing significantly. So hopefully today we're going to be discussing about how AI can help us in this era. And, you know, this is called the new normal. Uh, but before diving into all that, so how are you in general and how are you dealing with this new, you know, normal Yeah, it's been a very strange time. I can't believe that this kind of all started. You know, I was obviously in uh, um, in Istanbul right back at the very beginning when everyone was thinking, yeah. you know, what is this? What are we getting into? Um, and then, you know, here we are, you know, six months later is 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 almost, you know, is unfathomable. But, you know, I'll give you to give you my personal insights. I'm going to give you three numbers. It's okay. the number one, the number three and the number five. Can you guess what I possibly mean by those numbers? Well, the first number, uh, actually, I can know, I can guess number uh, three because you have three kids. So probably you're going to mention them somewhere. Yeah, this, is, this is their ages, Anil. A one-year-old, a three-year-old, <laughs> and a five-year-old. You know, and nobody in their right mind would have a one, three, and five-year-old if you actually believed you were going to have to look after them all the time. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I think probably the biggest challenge for myself and my wife has been learning how to... I suppose look after your look after your family within the family home. Um, but I think you know overall it's actually been a really positive experience because we don't always have to have an activity, we don't always have to go out, and we're actually quite good at um, entertaining ourselves. So I think that was probably the biggest challenge, but probably the biggest um, lesson for us to learn as a family as well. And you know what? I agree with you 100%. <laughs> but if you were to ask me my most important lesson learned how much money that you can save in a quarantine environment. <laughs> you don't go out to eat, you don't drive around, you know. So actually, I liked it. No, I think you're right. I actually, um, I <laughs> I think that we just spent, we, we used to spend uh, 25% of our money with Amazon, as in most people do, and that's just now bumped up to, um, to, to, to 70%. <laughs> okay, so do you want to go into details a little bit about today's session? Yeah, please do, Anil. Yeah, absolutely. Looking okay. forward to it. All right. So, first of all, for our audience that doesn't know us, we are Sestech, and we provide AI-powered solutions to companies and contact centers. Okay, so we have customers all over the world, you know, and we are seeing significant shift in customer behavior. So, when we say we are seeing this shift, we are not just talking about in one or two markets. It's actually kind of a global shift. Uh, and, you know, rightly so, because there are lockdowns and there are physical, you know, customer service points uh, being closed and shut down every other day. You know, so this is forcing the customers to find alternative service channels. And, you know, call centers, Glenn, is among the top of this list. What do you say? Oh, absolutely. It's probably one of the hardest and, you know, most challenging um, domains where people have had to adapt. So, you know, absolutely, I agree. So the customer reaction in your market, what do you say? Uh, you know, do you see any kind of trends in the UK and Ireland market? 
Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it's the same challenges for everybody. And what they're really doing is they're, they're really trying to work really hard to adapt to the changing conditions. And in the end, many of them managed to offer solutions to their customers that kind of fitted what they were already doing. But it certainly wasn't easy. As you can imagine, you know, there's bigger challenges that customer face, customers are facing, especially in the financial insurance markets. I so obviously the call, just think the call volumes have just gone through the roof. Waiting times have obviously, you know, um, become something of, of a challenge for everybody during the, the pandemic. So it really just means there's more calls to answer, more agents to charge. You know, providing uninterrupted customer services with current resources is not easy because you've got to think like not everyone has the luxury of somewhere great to work from home. Not everyone has the resources, the technology to work from home. So there was this rapid deployment of home worker licenses. But you think of a poor agent at home who's got the old one, three and five, the same as me at home. <laughs> you know, it's to try and provide that level of customer service, which, you know, these these contact centers have been striving to achieve for long periods of time. So you know, this, this is a, you know, a big problem. Yeah, um, sorry to interrupt you, but, you know, you're saying not everyone is as lucky as we are. You know, we can work from home, but even the ones that are lucky and going to work from home, you know, uh, or, or have already started working from home, they already have their own challenges, right? Exactly. And, you know, you, you're so used to being in that contact center environment. It's a structured, organized environment where everyone's working together a team. It's As a team, it's often an incentivized environment where everyone's working towards the same goals. But now you don't even have your supervisor there. So you have a challenging call and you feel totally, you know, out of your depth and you can't even, you know, you know raise your hand and call someone over to some of these more basic things that you would get used to in that environment. So, yeah, re really challenging, you know, and the supervisors and quality managers, on the other hand, you know, they're trying to deal with remote performance management issues, trying to ensure yeah. quality and the need to monitor agent performance, can, you know, continuously and not offer the necessary improvements and do that on time. You know, all these things from home, you know, are a really big challenge. You're absolutely right. So how did they overcome these challenges then? Well, I know it's, you know, it's a really, really good question. And I think what it boils down to with a lot of customers that we work with is that everybody wants to analyze things in terms of risk. And risk is such a broad term, but right. it's really the danger to the business in terms of revenue, really. And so revenue is affected really now in terms of the performance of of the business because if you perform well your revenues will be good if you perform badly then your reven revenues will suffer right. so what they really wanted to do is they wanted to react as quickly as they possibly could to this changing circumstances and so what they did is they applied digitalization as a solution so many businesses were aware of the benefits of dig digitalization but they weren't previously in such a hurry to implement these technologies uh, they were certainly on the roadmap but it was more of a, of a nice to have for those companies that were really at the, the you know the cutting edge of service provision. Um, but for a lot, it was a, it was more of a nice to have. Does that make sense? That's really a good point. Actually, it became or the COVID situation almost became a catalyst for these companies. Absolutely, you know, and, and and even if you you know you look at you look at recent research by the you know the likes of KPMG before the pandemic. Over 40% of companies were actively investigating automation, self-service, machining, AI, so forth. But since February 2020, then that number has increased to over 55%. So you're talking about 40 to 55. And when you think of the size of the market, 
you know that is a staggering increase and proves that this demand has you know just gone through the roof which is obviously great news for you know you know but businesses like ours business like Cestec, because we've been developing these tools for over 20 years uh, and we can really help customers on these journeys um so that's how the customers are really overcoming them and they you know they've really found that you know Cestec has been the answer so it's been a it's been an interesting time, but you know, obviously, certainly a very busy time for us. It sure is. Actually, you know, all the solutions that you just mentioned, you know, we are developing it, like you said, in the last 20 years, and uh, these are all AI-based speech technologies. You know, uh, some of them are like conversational AI, the conversational biometrics, and uh, the analytics piece. You know, and uh, just like you said, these solutions help those businesses who see the risk and try to you know transform themselves into a more digital world you know they help them with the services and the offers and usually the services that we provide are uninterrupted you know and they are very responsive uh, just targeting to increase the customer satisfaction but more so you know helping them do their vital things every day because otherwise you know they won't find anyone, you know, in the business working maybe. So these self-service things are really, really helpful. I absolutely agree. But for for the, you know, for our listeners and and the, and the people who are probably coming from uh, for, for, from my perspective, do you think what we could do is maybe go through those um, step by step, just yep. because it, just to kind of bring those to life? Because you know what it's like for you hear these great words, AI and conversational mm -hmm. biometrics, analytics, and they all sound great. But if we could kind of, you know, break that down, I think that'd be really helpful for our listeners today. So maybe, you know, which solution helps the contact centers to solve what and in what way? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, a smart colleague of mine, I'm not going to name, you know, I'm not going to name the name, but he came up with the three A's of conversational technologies. What is that? What are those three A's? Can you guess? Or you know, it's not the 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 initials of your children, are they? Yeah, that would that probably be a bit confusing. No, go on, tell us the three A's. What are they? <laughs> yeah. All right, automation, authentication, and analysis. Okay, so we call so, them three automation. A's. Sorry to cut in, I know it's a little bit rude of me, but so automation. So basically, it happening automatically without having any human interaction. So that was automation. The second one was authentication. So. Um, making make, making yourself aware of who you are and confirming who you are and what was step three it was analysis how analysis. are we doing so how are we doing so basically making contact how we're making contact and are we doing a good job exactly those exactly. three a's you know those are the those are the you know solutions that help businesses with all the self-service automation and when you have solutions like chatbots or voice IVRs and smart assistants, they allow their customers to get the service that they need at any time on any channel. So that is what Sestec has been doing. And it became very apparent that our technologies, the solutions that we provide are becoming more and more real and more and more uh, needed on the on the COVID and new normal situations. So yeah, absolutely. No, I can see that. I think we all agree that, you know, that the, the, the uh, self-service is, is, you know, an absolute must because although we, you know, we all genuinely hope that COVID is, it, it will be, will come and go and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll all battle it as a global issue, but obviously there are other global challenges ahead, which we're unaware of. So, you know, yeah. I think that people have understood how important that self-service option is, has been during lockdown. Exactly. Exactly. Like I said earlier, maybe in the beginning of the podcast, you know, there were 
physical service points being shut down every day and the customers you know they were used to get their businesses done you know in the traditional ways but right now you know they rely on the self-service channels and some of these customers you know they've never used self-service channels before but now they are going to be using chatbots and conversational ivrs and the smart assistants you know uh, these technologies are you know you you keep hearing them from everywhere but actually you really have to know what you're doing with them because otherwise uh, the people who are going to be using they will be kind of lost and they cannot get the right information whenever they want it okay but um, we are enhancing the customer experience you know through these automated tools but also we are helping the businesses decrease either the call duration on the IVR or maybe uh, actually helping more people with the less resources. And we're kind of also minimizing the need for live agents. So there is a lot of different things that we can help with, but I have actually one particular example, a very specific example of you know, how self-automation contributes to cost saving. Would you like to hear that? Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I definitely want to hear about this cost saving, but I think you know what you just said really resonated with me. And I was fortunate enough to um, have an hour of um, our CEO and founders time, Dr. Um, Levent Arslan's time. Um, and I had an opportunity to ask him, you know, what does the future look like? Mm-hmm. And he had a, his vision of the future is where we will all have um, a personal assistant that knows us, knows our likes, know what we don't like. It will know where we want to sit on a plane in a restaurant, what we're allergic to, what our wife likes when birthdays and Christmas <laughs> and presents. And we will have someone help. And I'll tell you what, for men, I'll tell you, we're going to be, we're going to love this. But for right now and today, um, let's just wind back, you know, seven, 10 years. Mm-hmm. We're bringing those types of hand-holding exercises into the contact center environment. And I just think that's just such a powerful message and such a useful tool. And you can really start to see how automation and, and machine learning can, can revolutionize the way that we work. And we're in, a, we're in a day and age where revolutions don't tend to happen that often and they're fairly um, cyclical in terms of how they happen. But this automation, self-service AI, I think we're just on the cusp um, of a big turn. And so a lot of what you just said there um, I think that's really powerful. But, you know, if you're telling me that we can do all this and obviously I've seen it myself and achieve cost mm-hmm. savings at the same time. Yeah, let's jump into some numbers, because I think from our listeners perspective, how are they going to achieve this? What are they going to do for their customers? And what right. does it look like from a financial perspective? So, yeah, please, you know, hit us with no. some numbers. By the way, the personal assistant you just mentioned sounds great to me as well. But today, <laughs> you know, we, the, we 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 are you know kind of stuck with our chatbot, which is not a bad thing because you know you don't rely too much on the live agents, you know, and you don't have to work them uh, 24/7 because there is an automation tool that can handle probably the most frequently asked 80% of the mm-hmm. questions, you know, uh, automatically. So what that does is on you know on average it's around you know uh, 500,000 you know uh, British pounds that you can save by just answering 30% of the inquiries using the chatbot so I'm not even saying 100% because 
I mean, as of 2020, let's be honest, you know, not everyone still talks with the chatbot because of the poor experience that they had in the past. You know, those poor experiences, I mean, I'm just going to wink here to our marketing team because we had other podcasts in the past where I was talking about how to build the right chatbot. But, you know, uh, let's say only 30% of the customers are using this. Still, you know, there's a huge savings behind that you know so, so sorry, just to jump in there so yeah. how many agents are we talking about in this ex in this example in this specific so, example 100 so you've got 100 agents and how yeah. many kind of requests are they handling on a monthly it's basis very close to 100,000 requests okay. in a month you know probably paying your agents a couple of thousand dollars a month so with 100 agents a couple of thousand a month you've got two hundred thousand dollars of uh, a total monthly cost Right. So you're getting down to these cost request type scenarios. Yeah. And so you're seeing, you know, as an over over overriding figure um, that if you can knock that um, $200,000 a month cost by 30%, that's where you're hitting your $66,000, $800,000 a year saving. That's absolutely right. And you I know. understand. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's incredible, really, because obviously the underlying technology that makes all of this work is so complex and so powerful. But, you know, lucky for people like myself in sales who'd never have a hope of understanding how it works. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> you know. cool. You know, at least uh, your math checks out, you know. Yeah. So. Well, from a mathematical perspective, then, you know, that I can really see how that works. And really, you know, in a sales environment and in a world dealing with these challenges, we right. want a simple message to a customer base that will be able to understand it, but obviously give them great results. You know, and if you're talking a hundred agents, you know, and this kind of, you know, this kind of reduction in call time, it's, it's really a very powerful message, Anna. It really is. And this is only the welcome stage, by the way, Glenn. So we still have two more A's in the three A's of the, you know, automation world. You know, this is where you say, okay, tell me how what's can I next? help you? Okay. <laughs> the next what's is, next? Yes, it's coming. It's coming. Okay. The next is the authentication. And it's actually, you know, uh, un understanding who you're dealing with, right? Verifying them from their voices, you know, not asking those kind of uh, unforgotten pins and passwords or their mother's name. What's the, the, name? What's the phone know? number? I can't not, remember. I'm in the car. You, you no, can't remember in the car or you're in the bus and you don't want to spell your mother maiden's name, you know? So there comes a very effective authentication solution called voice biometrics. Okay, so it is fast, it is secure, as you can imagine, you know, because it's using your voice, just like your fingerprint, every person has a unique voice print. So the technology kind of utilizes that voice print, and instead of taking kind of minutes on the phone to verify your identity, you just do it in a very quick fashion, and it just takes you a second to use your own voice to, to verify your identity and then you're done, you know, you're in the business. So, so basically, and also based on our, our previous example, I know you've probably got another one for me coming up, but if you know the cost of a call, then say you have a two minute call and you know that two minute call costs $2. Mm -hmm. If by cutting 30 seconds from that call, then obviously that, that call doesn't cost you $2 anymore. No, it doesn't. So, Anil, imagine if you actually applied that across all the calls. You know, you're going from $2 to $1.60 on one call. Imagine if you did that across every call that's running through the contact center. The savings would be absolutely massive. And you know what? 
we are looking at the from uh, uh, from an operational perspective, but also the customer experience perspective. You know, these are the things that really help the customers verify their identities. So we are kind of giving them a double win. You know, when we uh, introduce them with these kind of conversational technologies. Well, that's awesome. Well, you know, th thank you for these valuable insights, Anil. So really, what you're saying is that conversational technologies let businesses automate their processes. And really what they're doing is, is they're improving the customer experience because people are happy when they can self-serve. And because the people are happy through the automation processes, then the benefit to the business is it's becoming infinitely more efficient. That's really, really yeah. what you're saying. OK, so um, where does AI stand in the in the evaluation phase? Because AI is one of those phrases which is banded around a lot. So I think we should be really specific about what we mean, you know, because since we all know to improve the quality of service, you have to monitor and evaluate performance con constantly because anything, you know, it, it's um, something I remember from um, the business business module of my of my degree was that if you're not continually getting better and you're staying the same, you're actually getting worse because everyone else is getting better. And that may be a tough and expensive task, especially for large contact centers. Really is. By the way, I didn't know you went to school, Glenn. Okay, so that's that's new for me. <laughs> you can <laughs> you can cut this place, Glenn. Okay, I'm just gonna keep going. You're right, Glenn. Performance evaluation is a must, and any company who is not evaluating the performance of their agents, you know, their call center staff is actually, you know, in my book, kind of losing business in the long run. Because, like you said, if you're staying still, if you're not improving yourself continuously uh, by monitoring the performance of your staff, actually, you're bound to have bad experiences along the way, right? But, yeah. uh, you know, there are some areas that can need improvement and AI steps in right there to automate the analytics process at this stage. Okay, so there is a certain kind of manual labor that is associated with the performance monitoring since probably 70s or 80s. So but you mean with people the, listening, listening back to calls is what you mean. So, you know, you just get a random sample of calls in the contact center and you basically listen back to them and see what's happening. Absolutely. And yeah. you know what? The research tells us only 2% of the calls are being uh, monitored manually. That's all you can do with the so manual the labor. So the value of that manual effort is is 98% inaccurate. Inaccurate and you're losing a lot of insight because you're not able to listen to 100% of the interactions. Literally, just tell me if I'm wrong, but something has just popped into my, health, into my head. So if you listen to say 1% of the calls and you found 10 breaches in terms of a, of a very important regulatory statement that had to be said if you then upped that to a hundred mm -hmm. then you're probably going to find an exponentially larger number because if you found 10 listening to one percent then if you up that by a hundred you're going to find a thousand breaches is is my math correct there yeah and there's definitely a trend there. You know, if you find 10 breaches, important breaches in only 1% of the calls, you know, there's definitely uh, underperforming agents that you don't want. That's scary because, you know, especially in the UK, Ireland, and I'm sure it's replicated across the rest of the world, is that for compliance breaches, the penalties are substantial from the Financial Services Authority, financial regulators, GDPR. This isn't a risk that companies can afford to make or exactly. take, I should say. Exactly. And you know what? Again, 
kind of tying this conversation with the beginning of the COVID situation and a new normal situation, these agents are not, I mean, they no longer working in the same building with their supervisors, okay? So they cannot reach them immediately as they used to do. This kind of increases stress on the agents because, you know, it's not only the supervisors, but their own friends and colleagues who are all working in the same contact center. So maybe they were turning over uh, to each other to ask some of the questions and now they cannot do that. And knowing the effects of this change, the supervisors are also concerned about the performance of these agents. You know, they want to ensure smooth customer experience. So uh, there's definitely a need to evaluate and improve those agents' performances, and you have to do it in a continuous manner. I mean, you can hire 100 people to evaluate your call center staff, but you know you have to hire them permanently because you can't just do it as a one-off. You know, you have to do it continuously. Now you're going to ask me, Glenn. So what's the solution, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> we are, well, we're talking about some serious data analytics here. Yeah. Um, you know, using these technologies will eliminate risks of subjective analysis and so forth, which must be a concern um, for everyone. But yeah, you know, go on, Look, give, me, again, give me the you, lowdown. You said the word risk, you know, so there's yeah. definitely that, you know, but with the conversation analytics, okay, the agent performance can be evaluated objectively, okay? It actually analyzes 100% of the recorded calls, okay and it does it in a very objective way now we have seen examples in the last 20 years where agents come and say oh i know that person doesn't like me so every evaluation that he does actually yeah. i'm gonna get 50 out of 100 i cannot get anything above 50 because you know he he doesn't like my hair right you know so what, Adam, that's, that's exactly right and this is a real live example right now because in the uk because children can sit their most important exams of their life, and I remember shaking opening my exam results as a child, then because they couldn't sit those exams because of COVID, what did they do? They took the teacher's estimated results for that child. What if they didn't like them? I'm sure most of the teachers at school didn't like me. <laughs> and so that's a great fear. And so that, that's exactly what you're talking about here. And I'm sure all of our listeners will be able to relate to that. Um, certainly in the UK with what's been happening in the media at the moment. Now, it's the same here in Turkey as well. That's what we are seeing. So definitely in the call centers, these are the things that are going on. So the solution is the conversation analytics. You know, it not only gives a text-based evaluation result like script adherence, but also it analyzes the pitch and tone to identify the emotion. And those emotion, you know, uh, coupled with the interruptions or periods of silences and angers and monotonicity, you know, when you combine all of them, it is actually impossible to give out a subjective evaluation. So all will be objective, and then you do it on the 100% of the calls, then bam, you get the right agent performance tool. So that's well, what I'm, you know. That's brilliant, man. Honestly, you know, the, these technologies are going to be playing more and more an absolutely crucial, if not, you know, a necessity in the role of performance management because it's not just about the business and the customers. It's about the staff as well. All of the bigger customers that I work with, they care as much about their staff as they do about their, as they do about their customers. 
and, and that's how it should be. And so having a tool like this, which will subjectively analyze their performance, share the results with them on a basis that doesn't change, you know, with the mood of the person that's doing it, because, you know, computers don't have a mood. Computers don't have bad days. Computers don't have one, three and five. You kept them up till two in the morning, you know, so. I think the future of this, the future of contact centers has to be around this automation, which you've been talking about today. Definitely. And, you know, since this podcast has started, we have been looking things into perspective, right? One of them is the customer experience and the other one is the cost savings. Now, we have already looked at the experience part because, you know, even though it's not customer experience, it's still the experience because, you know, the agent performances will affect the customer experience. So that's where we touched upon. Now, let's take a look at the cost saving, if you will. Yeah, no, please. I think bringing, bringing figures into this is so important. I've been, I'm sure you have. I must have been, you know, I've sat in hundreds, if you know, not more seminars, webinars and, and, and events where you see these great things, but then no one actually gives you any financial analysis. And so you're kind of left thinking, I love this dream, but how does this dream actually make anyone any money? And obviously okay. that's, that's an important thing. So yeah, please bring it to light for us. Now, each and every evaluation is costing the call center, you know, a certain amount, all right? So we can look at it from a perspective of, okay, what is the cost of a supervisor or a manager or a quality evaluator who works? Let's say, like you said in the previous example, you know, it's at least a couple grand, maybe even a little bit more. Okay. So talking about $2,000 is the cost of that person's salary for a month. Yeah. And maybe even slightly more because, you know, uh, maybe if you're spending 2000 on the agents, now this may be easily around 2500 for the for the manager or supervisor who is going to be evaluating that agent, right? And let's okay. say 25% of their time goes on the manual evaluations, all right? So that means cost of each evaluation is around $600. Okay, so basically what you're saying is, is that you're taking 25% of the cost of their salary as evaluations because that's how much time from their working day they spend on them? Absolutely, because some of the contact centers, you know, they they tell them, you know, to spend at least 25% of their day's time doing the manual evaluation. All right, so uh, when you make the math, and you're much better than uh, me on this one, you know, it, it comes to somewhere around, you know, $30 for each and every manual evaluation that is being done in the contact center. So they get pushed a call, they listen to the call, they fill out a predetermined form, scoring the agent based on various parameters within that call. And once that call has, they've finished listening to the call, they'd then upload that into the CRM process. Okay, so that's the manual process. That's the manual process. And you just spent 30 bucks, by the way. Okay. (laughs) So if you do it, you know, two times per each agent in a month, you know, and two is very optimistic here, that's 60 bucks per agent. And if you have, you know, a thousand agents, you know, then you're looking at $60,000, you know. Evaluating uh, agents. Yeah. It's insane, yeah. isn't it? And as well, what's the value, Anil, of listening to two of my calls? As we mentioned, it's probably even less than 2% of the entire whole volume. What's the point? Because the chances of me finding my, as an agent, I'd think, well, if I had a bad call, who cares? Because what is the chance of anybody ever listening to it? Yep. 
And yeah. you know what, Glenn, you're you're somewhat right. Uh, but there is still some value on the manual evaluations, you know, uh, because it right. can also give some message uh, to the the call center staff that all right, you know, they're taking their time to evaluate my calls. Maybe you know, I I should pay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the psychological impact. The psychological as well. Yeah is that these evaluation staff, just thinking as you're talking, then once you implement a tool like automated quality management, that instead of the, the quality guys listening to and finding the needle in a haystack, what they're really doing is they're being pushed calls which should be listened to. Absolutely correct, Lance, spot uh, on. Makes, so really, I suppose the quality guys, their life's going to dramatically improve as well because they're actually now starting to deal with issues rather than, you know, occasionally finding something they can report to the business on. They'll be able to feed back genuine insights into what's happening within the contact center. These tools, you know, I think the challenges that we faced in the recent months in lockdown, I think, you know, highlighting the value of these tools has just been so valuable, so valuable to businesses. And it's resonating with my customers as well in the UK and Ireland. Sorry to interrupt you. I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, uh, just looking at the technology itself, you know, sometimes can be daunting and you may, be, you know, think, OK, who is going to have time to understand and implement a uh, implement a solution? But actually, when you look at the new normal, the way things are going on, you know, right now, these technologies are, you know, going to be helping you uh, grow your business, not shrink it. So that's really important to consider. Absolutely. And one of the things which is really comes up in almost every meeting that I'm in is that customers have concerns that this technology sounds great. It also sounds complicated. But when they found, find that it can be wrapped up into a into a low touch managed service, then, you know, coupled with the return on investment, showing the savings they can make, they're just they're, they're blown away. I, as I've said to a number of people recently, I've only had one call in the last six months where it hasn't progressed beyond the first meeting. And I'll probably have to blame myself. <laughs> uh, I, I blame you as well, you know, but, you know, probably yeah, you didn't invite me into that. that. I'll yeah. take that one on the chin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. So, yeah, for our audience, maybe we can wrap up this podcast episode. What do you yeah, say? Absolutely. Yeah, you, you know, Anna, your contributions have been amazing as always. I love, you know, getting you on a call and having a chat with you. You're so oh. knowledgeable. You've got so many insights, um, you know, and I think, you know, let's share some resources and contact information for our participants, you know, who want to learn more because we're always here to chat, always here to help. That's absolutely right. Thank you, Glenn, for uh, being here. You know, our audience, I think we are going to wrap up the podcast right now. But if you have any questions, you know, please feel free to reach us at sales at sestech.com. That is sales at sestech.com. And for details on our solutions that we discussed here today and even more, you know, you can visit our website, which is www.sestech.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. You know, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we certainly did. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Bye-bye.